what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. And this is episode 17, December 9th. And on this show, we talk about sports, mainly the NFL, but we get down with some boxing as well, basketball, um, you know, NCAA sports on top of that. So, on the show, go to anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards. That's anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards. To follow the show. Show is also available on Apple, Spotify, Google, just about anywhere you can find podcasts. Without further ado, let me work, welcome on a couple of my callers. Um, go to the see, go to the South Pensacola, Florida. Welcome on, Buck. And What's up? Go to the Northeast to New Jersey. Welcome on, Ray. What's happening, fellas? What's up, Q? What's up, Buck? What's up, Ray? What's up, All Ken? right. All right. Belated happy birthday to you and a belated happy birthday to Eminem as well down there in Jackson. Yeah, appreciate what that, up, man. Eminem? Hey, what's going on, y'all? All right. Hey, All right. What's up? All right. What's up, cuz? Hey, cuz. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Q. Yeah. Let's get to it. So, first, I want to start off with. Uh, let's start off with the, the fight last week with Errol Spence and Danny Garcia. Anybody see the fight? Yep. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, Errol Spence looks looks like he hadn't missed a beat, man. I mean, you know, Danny Garcia's a good fighter, but Errol Spence didn't have any problems with him. Um, what did you all think of the fight, just for whoever wants to talk on it? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a good fight. I mean, I knew Danny Garcia was one of those fighters that was, uh, was going to put up a good fight, but I know he wasn't going to win. And, um... You know, it came out basically the way I thought it was going to come out. Errol Spence kept the pressure on him, and, you know, he didn't adjust to what Errol Spence was doing. So, I mean, he wasn't them guys like like Sean Porter. They're going to put up a good fight. They're going to be top contenders, but they're never going to be at the very top. And that's the way it came out. I mean, Errol Spence really looked like he didn't miss a beat. And he looked like he was in great shape, and he was ready to fight, and he won. 
Yeah, I thought he was a little more dominant than what the scorecard said. But um, I will admit that I did miss a couple of rounds, so maybe there was something I missed. But I thought he was pretty dominant. And, of course, everybody wants to see him fight Bud Crawford, but, I mean, that's not going to happen no time soon, man. Them guys ain't trying to fight. Well, Bud Crawford maybe. I ain't nobody oh. trying to fight Crawford Bud no time soon. Crawford's going to whoop his ass, though. Hell yeah, yeah, man. That I don't think Crawford's going to fight a heavyweight. So man, they talking about um he might Earl Spence might fight Pacquiao next, which yeah I, I can see I that. Mean, Pacquiao I can, still yeah. a, he's still a name he's still somebody I wouldn't yeah, mind saying, seeing. I, I can see it for but, a nice purse. It'll be a nice purse, you know. Yeah, but I man I want to see the best fight the best man. I I, I don't want to see a name all the time. You know I mean that's cool now and then when it's two guys who ain't got no belt. But when I want to see the champ fight the number one contender. You know, or unified jokes nah. and stuff like that. Well, with the well, with the problem with them is is um, Al Spencer's PBC and uh, Terrence Crawford is top ranking. You know how Bob Arum is; he's not gonna let that happen. So that's why the fight with Pacquiao and and Crawford is easier to make. You know, and they gonna hide behind that Al Heyman gonna hide behind his association with PBC and. You know, Bob Aaron, we just crooked all the way around. So, I mean, we we would love to see the fight, but it's, it's going to be hard for them to see it before 2021 because that's when Crawford going to opt out of top ranking. But Pacquiao, he, I, I, Pacquiao got a chance of, of beating Errol Spence, though. He beat uh, Thurman. And I know Errol Spence is better than Thurman, but – but the way that Pacquiao's style is and the way he stay busy, yeah, that can be interesting. I think it it would be an interesting fight. I, I, I won't deny that. But um, I just need them to make these fights happen before these guys are as old as <laughs> Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao was when they finally fought. They fought about five years too late. Um but speaking of Mayweather, you know, he got his little exhibition against Jake Paul's brother. Um, yeah, it's not it's not even against Jake Paul. It's against Jake Paul's brother. I don't know the guy's name. It's Paul oh, Paul. That's some bullshit right there. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. Now, I like the idea of if you buy the fight early, it's cheap, and then the price goes up as the fight gets closer. I do love that. They need to do that on a regular basis because if I know I can pay for a fight three months in advance for 25 bucks, I'm doing it every time. But, um, <laughs> so I, I like that idea, but I'm not paying to see Floyd Mayweather fight. I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't pay to see Floyd Mayweather fight COVID. I, I just don't want to see him fight in, in no exhibition. To me, exhibitions are for old people. I want to see Tyson and Buster Douglas in the exhibition. I don't want to see, Floyd Mayweather and no expedition. Not if I got to pay for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like watching yeah, wrestling. This one is inter- exhibition, more like entertainment, more than just you know real boxing or something. But I, I mean, tell but you now, nobody don't want to no uh, Crawford, Bud Crawford. Nobody don't want a piece of him no time soon. So. Oh no. Oh, he got a whole nother gear now, man. I mean, it's like. Uh, Shit, when I was looking at his last fight, I was trying to remember why he's not undefeated. I'm like, shit. Uh, <laughs> like, damn. Ooh, so, I thought Terrence Crawford was undefeated. 
Yeah, yeah, he is undefeated. Yeah, yeah, he's undefeated. He undefeated? Okay, oh, maybe yeah. I'm thinking about his rookie record or something. Okay, amateur record. He's 37 and thirty-seven and 0. Okay, uh, okay. With, with 28 knockouts. I think he did lose an amateur fight. Um, I, I don't see how he lost that. Unless you're fighting so, a grown man or something. He was like 12. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, well, they say he, he had 70 amateur fights and he lost 12 of them. So, and um, in the process, he defeated Mikey Garcia and Danny Garcia in the amateur ranks. And yeah, but all right. So, I mean, yeah. Until they fight Terrence Crawford, then I, I'm like, you ain't serious about what you're doing. And Terrence Crawford is 33, and man, at the rate they're going, I don't want to see him 37 years old. Nero Spence. I just, I mean, we we want to them them to be in their prime when it happens. And so, but as far as these exhibitions, I mean, is if Vladimir Klitschko wants to fight Lennox Lewis or something like that, man, that's that's fine. But I don't know. It's, I don't know if that's good for boxing or not. You don't turn boxing into more of a joke than what it already is. But so, all right. Um, Ohio State, Michigan gets canceled which is probably um, more of a mercy move for, for Jim Harbaugh at this point. But the rule state stated that the Big Ten would not allow you to play in a championship game unless you played six total games. Ohio State only played five. So the kid's like, well, you know, maybe six is too many. We're going to change it to five so Ohio State can play in the Big Ten championship. Now, I understand why they did it. I mean, Ohio State is a great team, and because Ohio State has a lot of money attached to them. But, I mean, should they have changed the rule? What do you think, Bob? Do you think they should have changed the rule so Ohio State can play in the Big Ten championship game? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think they should have. But, you know, I understand the reasoning behind it. I mean, Ohio State, you know, this, this – you hear the name Ohio State, or the, as they call themselves, the Ohio State. Um you know, a lot of players in the NFL go there. Um, you know, they've they've gone to there. I mean, we have some Ohio State alum on our on the on the Steel squad, and you know, they're they're good players there. You know, you've had good coaches there in the past. Um, you know, the notoriety is just there. So, you know, you get you get big recruits if you play in that championship game because you know kids that are in high school they see this and they're going like, ooh, I'm gonna go to Ohio State. They may be they may be as far south as coming coming from a school from down here and want to play for Ohio State, or maybe their parents went to Ohio State and they decide that's where they want to go. So I mean, I get it, I understand it, but should they have changed the rules for it? Mm, I say no, but I understand this is 2020. So with that being said, um, you know everything's kind of wild in 2020. So you know maybe that's okay. why they did it because of COVID. And, Ray, what do you think, man? Yeah, I, I think they should change the rules. I mean, Ohio State is one of the the top three to four uh, teams in the country. And um, the reason that they don't have six uh, games is because of the COVID situation. And to make it as fair as possible, I think you got to give the best teams – a chance to play, and Ohio State can very well get in there and win it all. So, 
I mean, um, under under certain circumstances, rules should be changed, and I think under this circumstances, certainly should be changed. So I don't have a problem with it. Eminem. Well, yeah, man, it's it's all a uh, it's all about you know money or whatever, but uh, but like I say, twenty twenty, you know, I mean, any pretty much anything goes. Nothing set in stone, so you know I don't really have a problem with it happening like that because you know Ohio State is the top dog in the Big Ten, and it's been like that for a long time. Um, so I mean I don't have a problem with it, but definitely this year. I think it was a dumb rule in the first place. He set a number. Um, yeah, because I, I don't see how you can set anything with, with the way the way this stuff. The way the COVID stuff going, man, it's hard to make a calendar for anything. You know, to be right. no wiggle room. I put it that way. You got to be, as my principal say, you got to be flexible. So, you know, <laughs> that's the whole yeah. fucking year. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So now I think if um, it would be different if if let's say you know they hadn't played Indiana and Indiana was undefeated as well, then you can make the argument that Indiana would have a right to go since they played six games. But since Ohio State beat Indiana, I mean they're they're the best team in that in that conference in that division, so they you know have a right to go. And as for Michigan, um, I don't think they wanted that beat down no way because I honestly think that Ohio State was going to try to hang a hundred on Michigan this year. And yeah, they going beat the eyes shut. So, but all right. So before we get into the NFL, one more thing we'll talk about the NBA. Um, Russell Westbrook got sent to D.C. for John Wall. I personally feel like Houston, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, John Wall could ball, can ball, excuse me, when he's healthy. The thing about it, he's never healthy. I feel like that uh, Washington got the better end of this deal. But, Ray, what do you think, man? Russell Westbrook is now paired with Bradley Beal, and that sounds like a pretty nice little matchup to me, but – I mean, you may feel different. I don't know. I mean, I, I like I like Westbrook. He plays hard and everything, but at the same time, he is a hard person to match up with or put a partner or star with. And, you know, he he decided that he wanted out of Houston. And after he said he could play with James Harden, and to me, I think that a lot of these guys, they're doing a lot of shifting and moving because they want titles and all that other kind of stuff, but I think if John Wall is healthy, they 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 got a good deal too. I'm not saying he is good as good as as good as uh, Westbrook, but I think they they really got a good deal because John Wall is younger and everything else. But I think it's it was it was a fair trade considering the situation if John Wall is healthy. But um, Westbrook he's gonna play hard, but he's a difficult guy to play with. So we'll see what happens. But Washington don't have nothing to lose. So I think it's going to be a good deal. And Eminem, what do you think, man? Because, like, you know, we, we don't get to see much of John Wall because, A, he's either or two because he played with the Wizards, and they're not usually that good. I mean, they had one year where they did well, but I can recall recently. Um, do you think now that he's using that See him actually shine. He can get a bad type of person you really don't play with. I like. 
Right, right. I, I, I think that uh, I think the <laughs> Wall got the best end of the deal because because of that. Um, because right now, well, uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like if uh, if the Harden situation play out, but but right now uh, he clearly going to get more. Just you know, um, uh, the marketing opportunities probably be a little bit better than you know with uh, with the Rockets playing the Lakers and playing the uh, the Warriors and uh, the Clippers. So you know, and, and you know, not to leave out Denver and, and, and San Antonio or, or the Mavericks either. So just just in Portland too. So just just being in the West with the way the way the West been dominating, you know, that exposure gonna be great because. In, in regions or areas that normally don't show, <laughs> I'm about to say Bullets games, but Wizards games, uh, you know, since Jordan <laughs> retired for the third time, you know, you know that'll be good for him. A lot of people really don't even know who he is, you know, because they hadn't really been successful like that. So uh, now yeah. Westbrook, the best. I mean, I, I don't know. For to me personally, because I don't know a lot about how the contracts are and the, you know what kind of deals can be made to get it, but I was kind of thinking that if Westbrook left Houston, man, the only person that could really, well, he would really fit in to me probably would be the Lakers, because uh, you know, he played with higher energy, and they you know, they kind of play slow until they have to. So I, th- I thought that might be a good fit for him. The Lakers yeah. or the, uh, well, or even uh, New Orleans. Yeah, I thought New Orleans might be pretty good for It's going to be the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All those guys, the salary is the problem, and yeah, the salary. I um, and, uh, I think that if Harden leaves, and now if they send Harden to Brooklyn and get some good players back, then I mean Houston can actually have a pretty nice squad, even if they get rid of Harden, if they get some players from Brooklyn. But if you send them somewhere else, you got to get some type of equal value to go with it. But uh, just on a side note, Bradley Beal, because I think this is the last year of his deal. Can you imagine if Bradley Beal signs with Dallas? Man, if he's not, I think he would be perfect in Dallas, man. They would have a nice squad to have him out there as a sniper. I think that would be really nice. Yeah, and they, cause they got to replace nice. Curry anyway, right? Because what, what did they send Curry? Um, I think he went to no, Philadelphia. They sent him to, to Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and, and I think Bradley Beal is a lot better. Than, uh, Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So I just think he would be a nice fit there. But, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. That's a, that's a year away. Yeah, so, all right, so let's get into the NFL, week 13. And, Buck, I'll start with you, man. What player stood out for you in week 13 for the right reasons? Who stood out for the wrong reason that wasn't on your favorite team, the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, who stood out this week? The New York football giants. I mean, these guys, first of all, to go into Seattle, sack Russell Wilson five damn times. I mean, they harassed him all night. That's not including all the times his ass got knocked down. Um, to go in there with um, a different quarterback because um, Colt McCoy was the quarterback, and to go in there and beat Seattle at home, now I know it's 2020, not necessarily fans, but it's still a hard place to play in Seattle. And for them to go up there and beat Russell Wilson company, I, I just did not see that happening. Um, so I was very impressed with, them to be able to go up to Seattle and beat them at home. That was very, very impressive. I mean, and, you know, they, they're, you know, they're tied with Washington right now, but they, since they, I think they beat Washington once or twice. Um, 
think just once. You know, that they're leading their, leading that division, y'all. Yeah, so they want to beat them twice. Was, yeah, that was that was impressive. Um, but the team that I'm really pissed off about, I mean, New England just put their feet all up in just to blow somebody <laughs> out forty-five to zero. I mean, that look. Now you got Cam Newton. Now this, it would be a little bit different if Brady was still there, but Cam Newton hadn't hardly done too much anything, even though they've kind of gone on a little bit he of a winning streak here, like, in like six weeks. Yeah, so to win the way they won, and and, and get your feet, you you put both feet, your ass, your nuts, and everything else in these boys, and beat them forty-five to zero. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel bad for Anthony Lynn. Because he's probably going to get his ass fired. But to put that kind of product on the football field, look, I understand that the fans are not really coming to the games and all that kind of stuff, but you ha- you, you guys are professionals. Cam Newton is a shadow of his former self. You cannot let him come. You cannot let the Chargers come up there. Anthony Lynn has to do a better job of coaching that team. I know they said they're not going to do anything to the end of the year, but – I feel bad for him because the product that's on the field is just absolute hot garbage. And Anthony Lynn, if he wants to save his job, he better he better start moving some people around. He's got to see what he's got in these last few games because what 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 he's got going on right now, it, it's just not working. So whatever he's got, to, Anthony Lynn has him as a the whole damn Charger organization got to figure something out for the end of the season because that that garbage there just can't be allowed. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I if I would have if I'm a Chargers fan, I would have walked out of that game if I would have been on an airplane. That was just horrible to see, man. You can't score nothing. I mean, you giving up special team touchdowns left and right, and I, I mean, golly, that was bad. Somebody on somebody on going to make the Pro Bowl on special teams behind that game in New England. So that was just horrible. For everybody to listen, read Cam's numbers. What was his numbers for this game? I don't uh, think he had 100 yards passing six, on the thing. It was six or nine yards, wasn't it? Let me see. Yeah, something like that. All right. Damn. Cam Livingston Newton, 12 for 19, 69 yards and a touchdown, one sack, 48 yards rushing, two touchdowns. All right, now, for, for the listeners out there, this joker didn't hardly do a damn thing in this game. 45-yard 40, rushing and 68-yard passing, and you, you and New England beat the, beat the fool out of these jokers, took them out to the woodshed for 45 points. And that's just – that cannot be tolerated. That can, I mean, yeah. I know – Yeah, and let you know just how bad of a game Cam had Jared Stidham came off the bench, and he was two for three for 61 yards and a touchdown. So he he almost out came on on three on two passes. So to get your ass whooped by two quarterbacks that didn't clear 100 yards, neither one of them did, and you get beat by 45, yeah, I'm surprised Anthony Lynn still got his damn job. I mean, I, that's just – that cannot happen. So – that's just atrocious. And then who better to play special teams than a guy named Gunnar Ozuski? I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's got a return kick back for a touchdown and 
name is Gunner, and he went to a college called Beamage State. I ever heard of Beamage State. You breaking up? Y'all ever heard of Beamage State University? Never heard of it. No. That's where this guy Hell, was that the guy that ran the, the touchdowns back. Okay, it's in Minnesota. It's a college in Minnesota. It must be like Division Five or something. I ain't never heard of this. It must be an NAIA school. No, nah, it's Division Two. Okay, I learned something new today. All right, so Eminem, who stood out for you for the right reasons and the wrong reasons that wasn't a Philadelphia Eagles? Eminem? Yeah. Oh, my my bad. I was on mute. I was like, uh, this cat here stood out. And even though I'm a fan of his, just as a player, but I still didn't think he was going to do nothing Sunday. But, uh, man, Taysom Hill, man, shit. This motherfucker threw for like 200 yards. Now, 200 yards ain't a lot if you're talking about Mahomes or somebody like that. But for a dude who never it's really. It's not a lot you're talking about anybody. Well, for a guy that's considered not to be a quarterback, that's a hell of a lot of Because, see, Taysom him throwing the football is like just saying that, you know, Q, y'all going to have Zeke playing quarterback next Sunday, and he throw for 200 yards. So that's like shit. That is, that's impressive to me. But, uh, you know, when a guy is considered not to even be listed as a quarterback, dude listed as a tight end. So, uh, and uh, the player that disappointed me now, he – He's not a disappointment as far as the the whole game because I think he played a hell of a game. But uh, I'm still scratching my head on what the hell did Tyreek Hill think about uh, not knowing he had the ball when the ball didn't oh, I don't really, really blame him on that because I think he thought the ball bounced off the ground. But if you look at it, the ball no, – listen, what I'm saying, the ball, okay, like, it, it's one thing to not know if it's a catch. I understand that part, but – he, the, he never lost control of the ball. It was in his hand the whole time. You could even well, read I mean, the know, the ball. The ball hit. The ball hit either him or the defender and bounced up in the air, and then it came down, like on his body or whatever. But I don't think he. I well, think he, he had. Him. I'm he saying, but it, it, it wasn't just sitting on him. I'm saying he actually had the ball. That's why. Okay, it bounced, but after it bounced, he he, he had it. Yeah, he did have it. I guess he just thought it came off the ground. So that was very weird. That was very weird. Okay, like like I say now, because clearly this was a meaningless point in the game for a game they won, and it was Denver, and clearly they're going to win the West. But let's see if that same shit would have happened, you know, in the playoffs or, uh, or, or just say if they just say if they were playing the Raiders and this was for everything. This is in the playoffs. Man, people been talking about that shit like they were talking about Tom Brady thinking it's fourth quarter. I mean, uh, four of down, you know. So, all right. And you know, it wasn't that right? big, but I just, I just thought I'd put some variety in the disappointment. So, I got you. you. Know. I got you. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Who stood out for you? Well, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Baker Mayfield. I mean, I had Tennessee winning the game, and um, you know. He she showed up and uh made some plays and 
put his team ahead and they stayed ahead and they won the game. I mean, as disappointed, you know, different ways I could go, but I mean, when you look at the Chargers defense and the rookie quarterback and everything else, you just knew they could have done better than that. I actually had the Chargers winning the game. But um, I have to, not to repeat what we already said, but Man, when you get beat forty-five to nothing, you you don't think Kansas City would beat them like that? So, because they just been very competitive, they they just been losing games. So for the coach to come out and put the these guys on the field like that, they don't show up, and you know, coach got to accept some responsibility for that. And then Anthony Lynn been making these bad decisions all year, you know. Time management was terrible. I mean, I just think that um, he's just not not ready to be a head coach. I mean, he could be a good coordinator, but from what I've seen, no, he's making bad decisions. You can't make bad decisions and be a head coach. Stay a head coach anyway. So I'm going to say the Chargers, I'm going to say Baker Mayfield. All right. And for the wrong reasons? Oh, um, no, uh, for the wrong reason, I, I picked the wrong San Diego. Charger one. Yeah, 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 I went to oh, Charger. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Well, my bad, my bad. I started reading something well. and lost that. So, all right, as far as um, who stood out for the wrong reasons for me, I got to go with Eminem's boy, Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz just, I mean, I just don't think he can handle the pressure right now, man. I mean, he was 6 for 15, 79 yards, sacked four times. I just think the ghost of Nick Foles is still haunting this dude, man. I mean, the the whole city showed the backup quarterback love, built the statue and all that stuff. And um, now I think he just feels the pressure trying to deal with it, and he's just not doing a good job, and now he's lost his job. And, uh, I mean, it was – you can tell – by the way the game was going, that he was going to get pulled. Now, I thought it would have happened at halftime. I think it happened, what, on the second possession of the third third quarter, I believe, he, when yeah. Hurts came in. Yeah. Yeah, but when he went into halftime, when he went into halftime, man, I mean, that song was playing in my head, you were about to lose your job. <laughs> you were about to lose your job. Cause it was, but I was surprised that he came out and started the second. So, I, second half, I thought he was going to be all right, but um, as far as who stood out to me for the right reasons, and man, I know this dude is not going to win MVP because, I mean, unless you're a quarterback or you catch for 2,000 yards or run for 2,000 yards, you, you don't win MVP. But man, that doggone Darren Waller is playing some ball up there in Vegas, man. That dude, oh, 13 yeah. catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns from a tight end. I mean, he has 77 catches, 742 yards, and seven touchdowns this season. But this is this is a tight end. Now, you know how a lot of tight ends, they catch the ball, fall down, and all that type of stuff. Out of those 742 yards, this dude has like 421 yards after the catch. You know, this is a tight end. And whenever Derek Carr throws to him, Derek Carr's passer rating is 108.9. So, I mean, this dude is just – Man, you should have the way he was running over the Jets, man, that didn't make no sense. They could not yeah. stop him. 
And, well, I mean, they couldn't <laughs> stop Derek Carr at the end of the game either. But that just, man, that dude's impressive to me, man. He's really impressive. And so, all right, let's get into our, our, our favorite teams. And, um, Buck, I'll let you start first, man, because the Steelers, you know, they've been and everything, and and getting over. But, man, Washington just had something for y'all the other day. And um, that defense was just a little bit too much for the Steelers. Washington won 23-17 to 17 to give the Steelers their first loss. Washington went to 5-7. and seven, And they had a 13-point fourth quarter on you all and came back and won the game. But what do you think went wrong? But who, who stood out for the wrong reasons in Fishburg? And who, do you thought, who did you think played a really good game? Well, Hilton played a good game uh, defensively. Uh, Mike Hilton, he's he missing time this year with a shoulder injury. He came out there and he was just he was he was making some really good solid tackles, for, you know, yard for losses and things of that nature. He really had really had an extremely good game. Um, but who uh, who stood out for the wrong reason? Our wide receiving core, um, and you could I can also put the running backs in there too. Um, We've had tw- we had seven drop passes in this game. Um, there was a lot of things we did wrong in this game. Isn't it, it's too many to list. Um, but the drop passes, we've had 22 drop passes in the last four games. That can't happen. Um, old addicts, coach say, if the ball hits your hands, you got to catch it. Um, ben, I know Ben is kind of saying that it was it's on him. He's got to throw a better ball. Them balls are, are thrown accurately right in their hands, and these guys are just dropping it. And that just can't happen in, in the National Football League. You, you're not going to win. You, you know, you're not going to get possession downs. You're not going to get third downs when you're dropping passes and dropping dropping passes in the end zone and things of that nature. That just can't happen. Uh, I understand what Mike Tomlin said. If you can't get a yard, you don't need to be running in this league. But, I mean, I'm going to say this again because I said it last year. The worst loss we had was not Le'Veon Bell and it wasn't Antonio Brown. It was our, our offensive line coach going to Denver, and I know Sean is scared. This is his, he's trained. He's kind of working up on this. this. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I understand that Sean scared trained under our old um, offensive line coach, but it's just not working. I know we got some injuries, some COVID nineteen stuff that we've been playing around with, but like Mike Tomlin said, you can't have a lesser offense with just missing out. Pouncing and Connor, you can't do that. It's next man up. We got to step up and play better football across the board. And um, I mean, you got to coach a little bit better too on the uh, offensive coordinator. Got to coach a little bit better game than what he coached. When he what he coached, you know, we just fucked up the whole damn game. We all three phases, and um, you know, we can get away with that sometimes, but you can't get away with that with good defenses and you know, the way we played this week, we deserve to get our ass whooped, and that's what happened. So, we got some things we got to clean up. It's not the end of the world, but we do have to, we have a big showdown Sunday night against Buffalo. So we got to get we got to right the ship and right it fast. We can't worry about not having a damn, you know, bye week. We got people dropping on defense right and left. You know, Spillane's out. You know, Bud Dupree's out last week. You know, Hayden got hurt this week too. So I mean, we we got triage on the sideline, but we can't worry about that. Everybody got to got to take responsibility, ownership, and get out there and play. So, 
We'll get it cleaned yeah, up. Definitely. We're still first place. The um, the running game was just non-existent. I mean, your leading rusher had 15 yards, and y'all only ran the ball 14 times. Um, Roethlisberger, he wasn't pressured as much as it seems. Um, he he only got pressured six times, and he only got hit twice. But he did have to, you know, overcome six drops, and he was graded as having five bad throws. So, I mean, he 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 dropped back 53 times and only get hit twice. You expect him to perform a little better than what he did, and you expect the receivers to perform a little better. But, yeah, y'all got to figure out that running game at, at some point because when you get in the playoffs and play some really good teams, I mean, Buffalo's going to be a test within itself. Buffalo's going to be a tough, tough game. And, um I mean, yeah, that's that's gonna be tough. I can I see the Steelers struggling with that one, but they can't run the ball. So, all right. So Eminem, we'll go ahead and talk about the Packers thirty, Eagles sixteen. Packers moved to nine and three. Eagles dropped to three, eight and one. And um, yeah, Eminem, I just let you take it from here. <laughs> oh man, um, I gotta say, man. Uh, it's I I I start with the, the disappointing stuff first, man. Um uh, of course everything with uh went speak for itself. Um, you know, it's it's just too much of the same, holding the ball too long, um incorrect reads, out of sync, you know, um uh lack of uh you know, lack lack of any kind of Deep ball consistency. You know, he had one pretty good Goddard, but even he had to kind of turn around for that one. So, you know, just a little shit like that, and uh, you know, eventually led to what was coming anyway. But uh, like you know, like I was saying when this came up before, you know, as long as it looked like we was in first place, you know, regardless of how bad he's been playing all year, I wouldn't go with the change. But uh, with the fucking Giants winning and and unbelievably the fucking Washington football team winning, so even though that game didn't happen, uh, you know, before our game, but um, you know, it was time to, you know, try to do something for a spark. And uh, Hurts came in, and uh, like I say, he, uh, I, I kind of like what he did, but it wasn't, it wasn't so much what he was doing. It was just that it, it seemed like. It almost looking like I ain't comparing him to Nick Foles by no means, but it's like it's like the team just uplifted, man. It's like everything started just clicking, you know, because uh, because uh, it was like twenty three to three, and then he came in and and uh, you know had some pretty productive uh, passes, and and then he messed around and 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 got him one and and hit Greg Ward in the corner, and so that picked the whole team up and. Uh, and uh, my player of the game, it, 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 my player of the game was Jalen Rager. He had that 73-yard punt return. I think it was 73 yards. But uh, but my sucker of the game, you know, of course, it, it would have been Wentz, but you got pulled, so you're no longer the sucker of the game. It's, it's, and I've been talking about it all year, how our second-level defense been terrible. But Alex Singleton, in a crucial part of the game. Now, Jake Elliott had already missed a field goal. So this time, before the game went up to 30, before Aaron Jones scored, we really needed a crucial stop, and we was doing good on defense. But 
I, I don't know if y'all saw the game, but it's just like he see Aaron Jones is a strong running back, but the thing is he gets stronger as he runs farther. So it's just like, damn, how this dude go right through? You, you miss his ankles at the line of scrimmage. So you know, and then Rodney McLeod, you know, he he couldn't tackle him either. But that time he was coming with a full head of steam, so that just kind of threw the game uh, out of reach totally. But uh, before that. Who knows, man? It could have been some kind of miracle. So, uh, as far as I know, you know, Hurts will be starting. So, uh, you know, you know, yeah. Is, is is this something for the future? I don't know. Maybe it's just a wake up call for Wentz. But whatever, whatever it is, it it needed to be, and I think the timing was good. Um, a lot of people been wanting to see this happen. A lot of people never even wanted Wentz. I think Wentz is a hell of a quarterback, but you can't say that when you study fucking up. And, uh, you know, you got your money, you know, foes are not even uh, breathing on your neck no more and nothing like that, And but you got to produce. This is the NFL, man. This this is uh, what have you done for me lately, league. So, and you ain't did shit lately like for this season. So. Yeah. Wake up, call, man. He's, he's asleep like Nate right now. He's not anything. And, yeah. and, and all the and Eagles man. I got, the last two gifts I got was a uh, Wentz jersey and a Wheat, and a Wentz T-shirt jersey. I'm like, man, oh, come man. on, man. Shit, you're going to make my shit extinct. <laughs> <laughs> and the Green Bay, the first, man, I'm going to First, you got Marquez Valdez. It's a long name. And then you got Equimania St. Brown. Man, where do you do get these names? But... For anybody who wants to answer, man, is Devontae Adams the best receiver in the league right now? Or is it still um, D-Hop or Julio? Who do you think the best receiver is right now as of today? Oh, it's Devontae Adams. It's Devontae, it's Devontae yeah. Adams. This, this yeah, dude, I got I to say it's Adams. I mean, that dude, they can coming over strong, but he's still young. So I'm going to have to see Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams is making some plays now. I can't take nothing away from D-Hop. He's still making them. You know, toe, you know, he's still doing that toe drag swag down there in, in, in Arizona. But, man, it's just something, man. Aaron Rodgers throws one of the prettiest balls that you ever seen. And Devontae Adams just makes the just the – he makes some spectacular, beautiful catches. And it's just and, – and if he you, if he throws it in stride, you're not going to catch him. I mean, it's just – he tearing yeah, it up I up think, there in Green Bay. I think Devontae – has like three games over 150 this year, I believe. So uh, he's getting it done. And all right, so we'll move on. The Raiders 31, the Jets 28. Raiders go to seven and five. Jets drop to 0 and 12. And Ray, who stood out, and who needs to step up? Well, Darren Wallace stood out. Of course, I mean. He started out fast, and he just uh, – I believe he had 140-something yards, 130-something yards in the first half. And, uh, you know, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. Matter of fact, I only think Kelsey is the only one that's better. And, uh, you know, we didn't have uh, just Josh Jacobs. We had uh, Devin Booker. He did all right. You know, he had 50 yards, but um, – we Devontae. still missed that one-two one, punch. And um, we just fortunate to win the game, but I think we fooled around with them. I think the Jets came to play, 
and they expected to win the game. But we hadn't won at Jet Stadium since 1996, and we lost six straight at the Jets. So it's not just being that we was, uh, I want to say we was six and four last year when we played the Jets. The Jets beat us like 34 to, to seven or something like that. They beat us pretty bad last year. So it was a game to be concerned about, although these guys had a bad record. But the frustration was that we had the game in the bag and we just kept letting them back in it. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but um, I thought that we, we should have had the game sold up from the second half on. And we was fortunate to get the pass off and get the uh, – the last second pass, I believe he scored with five seconds on the clock, and yeah. we was fortunate enough to get the win because we want to go to the playoffs. We need all these little wins. And the week before, we got beat no by doubt. Atlanta, a team I felt like we should have beat. And, um, you know, with all the teams with the with the nine and threes and the eight and fours and stuff like that, we need to step our game up and be, win the games that we can win. So, it's fortunate that we got the game. I just don't like the way it it, it started and it ended. I get you. And um, what did y'all think about Greg Williams calling an all-out blitz on that last play? I mean, do you think he deserved to be fired for that? Everybody on the Jets team need to be fired because the way these guys have been playing all year, um, Adam Gase is probably the worst football coach in NFL history. I mean, even Sam Weiss has coached better games with this clown. Anytime you get up in a press conference, you can't see his fucking eyebrows. You don't know what the hell he's talking about. You put stars on the bench, or if they're hurt, you put them back out there on the football field, let them play until they get hurt even more. You have fire sales. You get rid of star players because you don't know how to talk to players. You're not a player's coach, or you're not a fucking coach at all. This motherfucker needs to be fired. Yes, I'm saying it just like that because it's just that damn bad. The Jets deserve to have something, a, a good product on the football field. And Adam Gates was the worst choice they could have ever made. Everybody needs to be fired. General manager, the strength and conditioning coach, the receivers coach, the defensive <laughs> coordinator, the offensive coordinator, the fucking water boy, every, <laughs> every last motherfucker on that damn team needs to be fired. They need to start damn. from scratch. Hey, yeah, man, you must, have, you must think Jermichael Finley playing with them or something. I ain't, I ain't heard. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Buck wants to fire the groundskeeper. <laughs> I want the groundskeeper to fire. I want, I'm, I'm being serious. To put, to put that, to have, I mean, now, I believe it was, I don't necessarily think he needed to be fired, but Greg Williams, in my opinion, his coach is laughing. He, he doesn't need to coach anymore anyway. Uh, he just everywhere he goes, his de- his defensive concepts are you know a thing of the past. Yeah, he's still head hunting. You can see how the guys trying to play, but he don't have those kind of players. Um, the whole organization needs to start from ground zero. I'm just being honest, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that no, no other way. But the Jets just deserve to have a better product on the football field. And I don't care if you're trying to – I know people, the conspiracy theory is that they're going after Trevor Lawrence, but Trevor Lawrence ain't coming to the Jets, y'all. Uh, not after the, not after that debacle against, against the Raiders. Hell, hell I'm not even a Raider fan. That damn near got he can make a lot of money so. in New York, though. 
Trevor Lawrence. Oh, yeah, he'll be, he'll be a star there, man. He got that long hair and shit, man. I mean, he could be. Uh, with Mahomes be. and Palomalu. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. He, he could be yep. a model. I, I, get, I, I get that. He looked like fucking, he looked like a, a fucking Thorn shit. You know, he could be the next Chris Hemsworth or whatever. But all I'm saying is this. I wouldn't want to be in the Jets uniform. And, you know, he can pull an Eli Manning and say, I refuse to play for you motherfuckers. And that's probably what he's going to do. Or, hell, he may he may forego and say, I'll play another year of college. I wouldn't go to the Jets unless they fire every single solitary soul that's in that uh, front office and on the coaching staff because they all suck. Man, that, shit, they show, that, me them, they show me them zeros. I'm like, man, I could, I'll play in Siberia for this. Compared okay. To okay. Hey, I'm going to say one more time to the Chiefs. Shit. I don't give a damn how much money it is. I don't want to be in a Jets uniform. Man, if you, you pull around and do an all-out blitz on the end, and you know you got this game in the bag, I don't give a damn. You the coach, Adam Gase, grow a set of nuts. You shouldn't have let that fool call that if he did call it. That's on you, bro. I don't. I, don't, I know y'all pull Greg Williams. I agree. Say, that's, on, right, that's on the head coach. Fired. He should have called time. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the reason that's why what, I say it's on the head coach and not Greg Williams because Greg Williams is known for this type of shit. It's different if you're dealing with a guy who ain't pulling nothing like that. But uh, yeah. but Greg Williams, he always do this this feast of famine type. And he um, wanted the knockout punch. He wanted to get that right. sack to end the game, you know, and and go go out on his terms. He had his ego took over, but. Yeah, but, I mean, for all we know, Dabo Swinney is going to be the coach of the Jets next year. So, Trevor Lawrence may Dabo want to be a Jet. I don't know. I hope he in, yeah. he embraces wherever he Dabo goes. Like, um, huh? Dabo ain't going nowhere. Dabo Swinney ain't so, leaving Clemson. You lost your damn mind. So, they might man, get hard from him. Michigan. And, well, I might need to get him. <laughs> take him off my hands. But, um. But I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I hope he embraces whatever wherever he goes, kind of like um, um, Burroughs did with with Cincinnati. Just just embrace it and go there. But uh, I mean, I want him to go where he wants to go. I don't want no mess like Eli Manning or whatever. I want him to go somewhere and, and play and be happy. So I'm hoping the Jets can can get it right because they're gonna, he's going to be a Jet or Jacksonville Jaguar minus somebody giving away four draft picks and. I'm I'm not with all that. I ain't giving away all them draft picks, man. I just I, he'd, I don't he'd, know. he'd do all he'd, he'd do all right down there in Jacksonville. You know that'll probably yeah, with that mean, running back like with. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that'll that'll light things up. I feel like they got some coaching changes. They be doing everything. Changes to making Jacksonville, to be honest with you. Yeah, they so. do dub him wrong. He 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 done too. So, but all right, so um. Let's see. Oh, as far as um, the Cowboys game for my team, the Ravens won 34-17 to go to 7-5. and five. Cowboys dropped to 3-9. and nine. Forever to play this game. This game, I mean, got pushed back because of everything. Uh, overall, as far as who I was happy with on the Cowboys side, I was happy with the offensive line. I thought they did a good job of protecting and opening holes for Zeke. Um, I mean, Andy Dalton didn't get sacked until the fourth quarter, so they kept him pretty clean. Zeke uh, had 18 carries for 77 yards, so I thought he ran the ball efficiently. I ain't going to say he was great. He was efficient. And overall, I thought the offense was decent. Of course, who I didn't like, I mean, I could say the whole defense, but I got to put it on Leighton Vander Esch. 
man, Leighton Vander Esch looked like he didn't know what was going on in that game half the time. I mean, he got caught. I mean, I've never seen someone just guess wrong so often as he did last night. He was he bit on every fake. He didn't plug the hole. And then when, when he was in the hole, he wasn't he didn't feel the hole. He just kind of, you know, got off in the edge and the man was able to squeeze by and I I, I mean Baltimore has has some good runners. But I mean, Gus Johnson, Gus Edwards had a hundred hundred yards on just seven carries. I mean, that's ridiculous. You had three runners go over thirty, ha, have over or have thirty yard runs last night. You know, three runners had thirty yard runs. Let me give and you an so, observation on on Vanderesh here. I don't think I think the reason why he missed so much last night. First of all, those are big backs that the that the Ravens have. And I think that injury that he got early in the year, ever since he got injured and it looked like he got that stinger or whatever, and, you know, he wears that big neck thing to protect it, I think he was a little gun shy. And that's the way he was playing last night. And Venice is a good linebacker, but when you have a lot of neck injuries, you tend to kind of – I think he was playing a little off because I think he was scared he was going to get hurt again. And I'm, that's just my observation on Venice. He's a great linebacker. Uh-huh. He just – he, he only, like he was playing a little – he was playing scared last night. The only pain in the neck that I know of is Mike Nolan. He was fine until Mike Nolan got there. And Jalen Smith was serviceable until Mike Nolan got there. And now they look so confused on defense, and it's not even funny. And that's that's what I was going to say. They look out of sync. They look out of sync more than anything. And then the biggest disappointment, though, and I can't even put this on Mike Nolan, I don't think – is the defensive line, man. Now, I think Demarcus Lawrence is doing doing his, doing all right on the end. I think Alvin Smith is just it's kind of like a conditioning issue, and he's just starting to wear down because he's not as effective as he was at the beginning of the season. But the middle of the defensive line, I, I mean, it's like and um, I, I talked to Ray earlier, man. Ray said it best. He said they're like on the ball. They were getting pushed three yards down the field. I mean, man, it's like. You got these guys 300 – you got Antoine Woods. You know, Antoine Woods is, is 6 one three eighteen, And um, let's see, Neville Gallimore, Neville the rookie, is six two three oh four. Man, all you got to do is sit down. When they hike the ball, just sit down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they just – they don't make any sense to be decided. You remember that guy that Green Bay used to have, Big Gilbert Brown? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gilbert Brown plugged up the middle better than, I mean, almost any defensive tackle you can think yeah. of. Yeah, and do you remember, two, uh, three, I don't know four. if you remember what's his name, Jerry Ball. I think his name was Jerry Ball. Yeah, he was Detroit. Detroit. He was real big. I mean, so you have these big bodies, and you mean to tell me that, William Perry? <laughs> that you're getting pushed in the linebacker's laps every time they hike the ball? Something wrong, man. Something wrong. So I, I just I'm really disappointed in the defensive tackles. And yeah, they could have used Gerald McCoy. I mean, that would have been nice. Lord knows they needed him. But uh, man, these guys, it's almost like they try to get a sack every play instead of just playing the position. They don't. It's like they don't think about the run. Yeah, see, that's so. that's on the that's on the DC though, Coach uh, uh, Q. So I mean, Mike Nola is a problem for me. He is. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to make any coaching changes or not, but Mike Nolan is a problem for me. And I just 
I, I, think that, I honestly think that Mike Nolan is – I probably feel like he's overrated. All right. I mean, I know he did his thing, the 49ers. I know he was with Baltimore um, when they won a Super Bowl, I believe. But I put that more on the Baltimore team, the players, more so than I do him. I just – I'm not a fan of him. When they hired him, I wasn't a fan of him. You know? Well, I, I just think that there needs to be some changes made for position coaches. I understand that this is Mike McCarthy's first year, but it's not looking good. Now, I know y'all got some injuries, so that does play a little bit in it. Not to, but Mike Nolan's defense, those guys, I don't think I've ever seen a defense play as horrible as they played last night. They, no, was, they were moving around. <laughs> they, were moving, they were moving around at the, at the snap of the ball. They were looking around. They weren't even looking at the quarterback. They were looking down to the sideline or looking behind them or some shit like that. They looked like they looked like deer in headlights. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Not even God knew what the boys were doing last night. So <laughs> I just know I just know this much. Damn. I had to go Samuel L. Jackson. I had to go Samuel L. Jackson on your I just knew I just know this much. But his last two years as a defensive coordinator in Atlanta, they were 27th the last two years. They were 27th in yards in 2013. They were last in yards in 2014. And that's who you're giving a job to. A guy that was last in the league in yards with Atlanta six years ago and you think he's ready to come out of hibernation and be a defensive coach? Man, get out of here. You hired him because of his daddy, man. If that ain't white privilege, I'm getting started. All right. So, Detroit um, got over on the Bears, 34-30. Matt Stafford threw for over 400 and pulled that off. Um, Taysom Hill helped um, the Saints get over Atlanta, 21-16. Cleveland, that's a big win over Tennessee, man. That's a statement win right there. 41-35, 41-35, they held them off. And Minnesota got over on Jacksonville in overtime by three. Dolphins beat the Bengals. That should have been expected in 1907. Indy beat the Texans 26-20 in a game that was a lot tougher than what they probably expected. Uh, Deshaun Watson threw for 341 yards. The Rams put a hurting on the Cardinals, 38-28, and the Cardinals are in trouble right now. And we already talked, mentioned the Giants over the Seahawks. Um, the Chiefs beat the Broncos 22-16. The Chiefs don't always look that impressive, but you just feel like they can turn it on when they want to. That's just the type right. of team they, they appear to be. And Buffalo beat San Francisco 34-24 um, on Monday night. Josh Allen threw for 375 yards. And so so looking at the the playoff picture, man, Right now in the AFC, you're talking about the Steelers in first place. They got a better conference winning percentage over the over the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are in second. You know, both of them are 11 and one. Then you have the Bills and the Titans. That's your top four, right there. And then you have Cleveland as the first wild card spot. Miami's in the second wild card spot because they have a better conference win percentage than Indianapolis. And Indianapolis is in the final wide card spot at 8-4. A game back, the Raiders and the Ravens 
at seven and five. New England has an outside chance at six and six, but um, it's pretty much the Raiders and the Ravens, I think, the teams that are trying to squeak in. So when you look at the NFC, the Saints are on top by a game. And then Green Bay, the Rams, who have quietly crept back into second place. And then you have the Giants at the number four spot based on the fact somebody got to win the East, and they swept the um, Washington football team. Then you have Seattle on the first wild card spot at eight and four. Five. Minnesota would actually be in the playoffs today right now if the playoffs started six and six because they got a better winning percentage over common opponents than Arizona. Arizona's on the outside looking in. And behind them, you got five teams, Chicago, Detroit, San Francisco, and Washington football team. So in the AFC, 10 wins, 10 wins should get you in. It should get you in. I'm going to say should. Nine probably ain't going to do it. But in the NFC, nine might be all right. So if you're in the NFC East, you might be all right at seven. Well, it's gonna be right. I'm about to say it might not be nine in the NFC because uh, uh, the Giants. I don't know who they got. Uh, how many more games they got? Uh, but they, they, you know, I don't see them winning now. Yeah. So, all right. So let's look at next week's games. And all right. So Thursday night, but we have New England at the Rams. I know the I know the New England Patriots have been on a little bit of a terror, but they're getting ready to come back down to reality. Man, Aaron Donald gonna put put damn Pam Newton on his back like a five dollar hoe. The Rams gonna blow these boys off the foot, blow them off the planet. Rams by thirty five. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, um, I just want to throw this out where I'm thinking about it. I'm not I'm not gonna I didn't put it together this year, but next year. I'm going to ask everyone to pick each game, and we're going to pick against the spread and keep up with the records next year. I want to see how well we do against some of these so-called experts on TV um, because, like, when I check some of these guys' standings as far as them picking games or whatever, and I'm in a little pick em league on ESPN, with you, I feel like that I can pick just as good as these guys. So next year we're going to keep up with our, our picks next yeah. year. And we're going to keep against the spread. That's a good idea. I think, yeah, I, I think we I think we can pick better than them guys because Quincy and I used to do it back in the day, and we were we were around sixty eight to seventy percent. And that was way lot, better than yeah, any back of these in the day. That back in the day, it was a lot easier when free agency really wasn't like it was, and you kind of knew who was good and who was bad. This stuff changes from week to week. It seemed like, but yeah, we used to hit pretty good back in the day. But all right, Ray, Minnesota at Tampa Bay. Both of them need to win. Oh man, I mean, I I kind of feel like Minnesota's getting hot, but um, I can't take Kirk Cousins over uh Tom Brady, so I'm gonna have to go with Tampa Bay. Okay, number six versus number seven. Either one of them loses, they could be out of the playoff picture. Houston at Chicago. Houston is not really playing for anything, but Chicago is still in the mix, man. They got to to win probably at least three more games to be 
really, you know, consider Chicago is still just a game out of out of seventh place. It's on me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Chicago. They 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 need to win, but they they are just I don't know. They they lost. Um. Uh. The the Texans. They haven't been winning, but you know they uh. They they putting up a fight in most of the games they play, so I'm gonna take the Texans. Okay. And Buck, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Tennessee lost last week, which was kind of surprising. Um, wasn't expecting them to lose because you know they got that bruise and running back, and they, you know Henry been playing playing lights out, but they've been kind of slipping a little bit. But they're not gonna slip against Jacksonville. Jacksonville gonna get blown out, so I'm going with Tennessee. Okay. And yeah, like Tennessee right now is in fourth place, and they can really hang on to fourth place, you know, if they handle their business against Jacksonville. So let's see, Ray Arizona at the Giants, and that's a pretty big game because right now Arizona is in, it's on the outside looking in, and the Giants are in fourth place right now. Well, I'm gonna. Uh... I'm going, to, I'm going to take the Giants on this one. Giants defense is playing elite right now. And um, I think that uh, the way uh, Wayman them is running that football, they can very well beat Arizona, especially if they went up to Seattle and beat Seattle, and they're going to be home playing Arizona. I'm taking the Giants. Okay. And um, how ironic would it be if the Giants – it's eight and eight with Jason Garrett as a coordinator. <laughs> eight and eight, oh, that magic that number for Jason Garrett. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> All right, so Eminem, Denver at Carolina, and neither one of them playing for anything. Neither one playing for anything, but uh, Denver actually been playing competitive. Uh, of course, Carolina been playing. Playing competitive all year, but I'm going to say Denver might steal this one. I'm going to take Denver. Okay. And Dallas at Cincinnati, neither are playing for anything. Well, they're playing for a draft spot. Uh, <laughs> Dallas is 3-9, and nine and Cincinnati is 2-9-1. and one. Uh, But I actually think Dallas is going to win this game. I-, I think they've been at least competitive on offense to win this game. If they do lose this game, they're definitely going to get a good pick. But, uh, yeah, I think Dallas can win this one. And, Buck, Kansas City at Miami. Kansas City's the number two at seed, and Miami's number six. So, this is pretty big for Miami because if they lose, the Raiders and the, and the Ravens are back in the mix. The thing about this game is very intriguing because Miami, man, I, I got. I love Miami's coach, and the team kind of feeds off him. He he don't take no shit, and uh, the way Miami been playing Brian lately, Flores. and the way Kansas, yeah, Mr. Flores, he he's really got these boys coached up. I believe Miami might sneak this one away from sneak this one away from Kansas City. Kansas City been playing in some close games lately, and you know doing a little bit of sloppiness. Of course, you know it's getting late in the season. Everybody kind of getting sloppy and, and uh, to a point. I think Miami's going to beat Kansas City, so I'm going to take Miami in the upset. Okay. And uh, I just have a feeling 
that Kansas City is just going to open up a can this weekend. I don't know why. I just feel like that this they is going to be a, state, a statement game for them. Um, I mean, they open, they open, they're road favorites in this game, and yeah, I just, I, I just think that they're they're seven point favorites. I, I think they're gonna they're gonna jump on Miami. I, I don't know why. I just feel that way. But they need to. Okay. And speaking of spread, I think last week Eminem. I think it was the first time, and I want to say the first time in modern, I don't know about prior to the Super Bowl era, but I think it was the first time ever that a division was double-digit underdogs in every game. I think the NFC East was double-digit underdogs a thousand every game this weekend. Damn. Well, yeah, that, that I mean, probably was win two before the them, Super Bowl era. They did win two of them. Underdog, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. <laughs> a whole division. So, all right. So, um, Eminem, the Jets play Seattle in Seattle. And, yes, Seattle needs this one. They're in that spot. I mean, Seattle better come to play because one thing about it, the Jets, I know everybody's saying they just – they tanking for Trevor Lawrence, but they don't play like they tanking for nobody. They just, you know, they just can't quite get over the hump. Um, yeah. Because the last two weeks, I mean, they've been playing ball. And just the opposite for Seattle. I mean, I mean, at the beginning of the season, I mean, hands down, the defense never really looked good for Seattle, but hands down, it was Russell Wilson's MVP to lose. But, you know, of course, that's not even going to happen now. But they got the win for their team uh, to survive. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out on I'm gonna step out real crazy, and I'm gonna take the Jets in this this damn thing. Wow, I don't know Jamal. Yeah, I'm gonna have something to say about that. <laughs> All right, Ray. Indianapolis is a seven seed, and the Raiders are eight seed. You got to win this game. Who's going? Who's going? And Indy versus the Raiders. Well, I'm I'm going I'm going to pick us on this one because from what I understand, uh, Trent Brown will be back, Josh Jacobs will be back, uh, Jonathan Abram will be back. So we gonna have a lot of our guys together, and we gonna be in Vegas. So I believe that we are familiar with uh, Philip Rivers. And I believe that if we come to play, we can play with anybody, and I think we're going to show up Sunday. So I'm going to pick Vegas. All right. Buck, Atlanta, who's not playing for anything at four and eight. It's mathematically possible, but not really. But um, Atlanta is going up against the Chargers, who are also not playing for anything. But this is a game that you want, might want to go on a cookout, take your girlfriend out. You know, Quincy likes giving me those <laughs> games. I think he likes me saying that. But um, but um, man, I don't. I really don't give a damn who wins this one. It might end up in a tie the way these two teams are playing. Um, you got one team that don't, you know, got an interim coach, and then you got another t- another team that really you really need to start coaching because he hasn't been coaching all year. Don't seem like. Anthony Lynn, I'm calling you out, brother. Y'all should beat Atlanta. 
Okay, I know that Raheem Raheem Morris is trying to get a job, and you trying to keep one. Well, you better try to keep yours. You better stomp these boys. Put a product on the field. If you if you want to talk to me for some encouragement, call me. I'll talk to you. And then I'm calling the charge. Call me. Call me. That's all you gotta do. I'm pulling for the Chargers in this game. You better win, damn it. You play to win right. the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. All right, Eminem. This game, if you'd have asked me eight weeks ago, I would have told you this game wouldn't have mattered because Washington wasn't that great and San Francisco had everybody on the team hurt. But Washington and San Francisco mean something now because Washington is trying to win that NFC East, and San Francisco is a game behind that seventh spot uh, for the playoffs. So who you got, the Washington football team at the 49ers? Eminem? Oh, my man, I was on mute. Uh, can y'all hear me? Yep. Yes, sir. Y- y'all got me? Okay. I like, man, Alex okay, Smith you go back. back. Okay. All right, Alex Smith back. Man, that's going to be a tough one to pick. Damn. And uh, and I really like that, that, that fullback clone tight end dude, uh, Kuznick or whatever, Usnick, that uh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah uh, he's got a little fullback. Uh, San Francisco is playing exceptional considering having Kittle and pretty boy Garoppolo out, and they got several other people out too. But, man, I I can say I, I really think a lot of people don't know how good Washington's defense is, especially on the front. Um, I don't know if they're going to go with Mullins again. San Francisco is, but if they go on with Mullins, I'm gonna to have to take. Boy, it hurt me to say this. I'm gonna to have to take the the W, the w team. <laughs> okay. All right, and let's see, Ray Green Bay, who is in second place, and Detroit, who is. I mean, they're just a game out, but Detroit's still in it. Green Bay at Detroit. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna go with the Packers, man. Lawrence Rodgers is suited up, and Devontae Adams is playing. I'm going Green Bay against Detroit, anyway. Green Bay Packers. Okay. And Eminem, back to you, man. Philly is three eight and one. They're mathematically in it, I guess. Going up against the Saints, who are the number one seed. The Saints travel to Philly against Jalen Hurts. Who you got? Well, uh, the Saints cannot really play good on the road, and they definitely oh, can't play go. that good up north. Go. And, 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 and if you and if you'd have told me or anybody else that a quarterback can go for sixty-nine yards and, and obliterate a team forty-five to nothing. I think anything possible. So, man, uh, we got a spark now. The, the, you know, our special teams is picking up because, you know, I'm, um, so I don't know. I think it's a trap game for the Saints because Taysom Hill hadn't been in a game where he actually had to just play play, even though he was my player of the week. But, uh, shit, he ain't going to be the player of the week. Either. <laughs> so he, he, he's definitely for a pick six. 
I, w- I would like to say this to all my listeners out there. I do not have any type of drug testing requirements to call into the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious he owns some drugs and he actually thinks that he's going to beat the snakes. But go you, ahead. You said it's a trap game. <laughs> yeah, it's a trap game. The snakes can't play in the cold, though, for real. Oh, man. Bro, I think you've been to the trap house. You think that. <laughs> oh, <bro. laughs> that dog on Eminem never disappoints, man. I know he did. Alright. He picks the Eagles. Okay. So, um Buck, you got Pittsburgh, who is the number one seed going up against Buffalo, the number three seed in Buffalo. Alright. Now I know Buffalo's the, I know now I'm gonna be, be a little bit more sensible. Um now, I know Buffalo is is the favorite because they're at home, and plus they got a decent record. And we're coming off a embarrassing loss that we pretty much lost the game by playing stupid. But <clears throat> but in any event, we are getting some players back. Um, we're getting Pouncey back. We're getting Connor back. Um, getting Nelson back. You know, we're getting some players back that we need, and uh, that's gonna help us. And we do typically play well under the lights. We don't like losing on Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, whatever night game we're playing. This is going to be a very exciting game. It's not going to be a game that's going to be a blowout. It's going to be one of those back-and-forth type games. I think it's a game that we're we're built for. Um, This is going to be a good test for both teams. This may be a test where we might play these guys again, but I think it's a game that, especially coming off a loss, that we can actually pull off. And it's not going to be a big, big win. It'll be a statement win to a point, but I think we can win by three points. So, I'm taking us to win over Buffalo. Okay. And um, I think, what, this past um, Monday night game was the first one that Thomas lost in a while, right? Yeah. It is so, the first one we've lost in a long time. I think I mean, he had won like, exactly like eight in a row or something like that. I think it's his first one he ever lost, I believe. I think he's lost, you might I think he's lost one before. I have to, yeah, but um, I have to we just he's lost one or two before. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we're looking at for next week. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Monday night, Ray, um, another good game, important game, Baltimore at Cleveland. Oh man, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to go with Cleveland until I see something different from Baltimore. I mean, um. Baltimore just right to me. They don't look like the same team they were last year. And definitely Lamar Jackson not playing like he played last year. And I think Cleveland's defense has stepped up. And with that two-headed running game, I'm going to have to take Cleveland. Okay. All right. So we'll get into some who am I and some this or that, and we'll shut this thing down. So you mean and, I get to defend uh, my championship? I get to defend my belt? <laughs> what belt? Say what? Say what am oh, I? I won it last week. Yeah, you're getting ready to lose it though. Right back. You getting ready to lose it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got here a, we go. I got a hope I get my mind right. I got five of them. So oh, you be so. Here we go. Y'all ready? All right. Let's six do it. Six foot three, six foot three, one hundred and ninety pound wide receiver out of Temple. Um, I don't think he was drafted. His current team is the Carolina Panthers, wide receiver, but he played for the Jets for four years. Who am I? Uh, 
Oh, man. Shit. Years old, drafted in the first round in 2007 by the Cleveland Browns out of Notre Dame. Who am I? Brady. Oh, uh, I mean, Brady. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Yeah, Buck said the full name. Braden Tyler Quinn. Oh. All right. Here we go. Six foot five. 232-pound wide receiver. Drafted in the first round by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2000. Michigan State. Plaxico Antonio Burris. All right. Buck has two, and there's two left. I am foot 6'5", 225-pound quarterback. Drafted in the first round in 2006 by the Arizona Cardinals out of USC. Who am I? Oh, oh, man. oh, damn. I know that. Oh. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm looking at the hollow's name. Shut up, dog. I can't yeah, tell you. I, I, no, I, I, I know who, I know, I can see his face. Yeah, because we're the same play right behind. Now. Um, uh, Reggie Bush quarterback. Then the next year. No. Yeah, he was no. Reggie Bush quarterback. Damn, he was Reggie Bush quarterback, Reggie Bush sophomore year. Um, USC, um, no. Uh, he played with Arizona, he sucked there, then he got sent to, um, seemed like uh-huh. San Francisco or somewhere else. No, he went to no, no, his name, uh, he had no, 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 is it Mark, Mark something? Um, no, 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 it's, uh, damn, uh, right here. Okay. Matthew Liner. Matthew Matt Liner. Yeah, yeah. Matt Liner, yeah. Matt Liner. So, based on that, Buck clinches for tonight, but you got one more that we will do. I can't believe I didn't get Matt Liner. Damn. Yeah. No, I can see that face. I just can't call the name. Last one. Six foot five, 245 pound quarterback. 31 years old, drafted in the first round, number one. In 2011, out of Auburn by the Carolina Panthers. Cam Newton. Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Cam Newton. All right. Ray hey. got that last one. Hey, we got to give, give an extra one, man. You know, you gave these other guys a chance. Guy, give me one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all had a chance. Y'all had a chance. Y'all couldn't answer it. Yeah, I know. Y'all couldn't answer it. 
So we had to give Buck the title this week. Damn, I've won it a couple of times. I feel good. Yeah, I'm coming back for my title, Buck. So we're going to do some We're going to do some Y'all just keep it warm. Ray going to get it back next week. He'll get it back next week. We're going to do some this or that, and I got some players for you. Um, I'm probably going to give you about 10 of them this go around. All right. So, all right. And this, you got to pick players. You know, we have to imagine they're in their prime. Who would you go with in between the two? So, all right. All right. So, Eminem, I'm going to start off with you on this one. Eminem, linebacker, right. Zach, linebacker Zach Thomas from the Miami Dolphins. Or London Fletcher. Oh, Ooh. this is a tough oh, one. But, oh no, not not for me. But uh, I'm gonna take London Fletcher, durability. Okay. And Ray, who you got? London Fletcher. London Fletcher had a very good career. Man, should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, when you look at his numbers, you look at Ray Lewis' numbers, it ain't a whole lot of difference. I mean, some difference, but it ain't a whole lot. We're talking about the greatest of all time versus somebody who's a Hall of Famer. So, London Fletcher. This is actually really tough. I mean, London Fletcher is really good, but Zach Thomas was also real good. He may have not had all the sacks. But this boy was cerebral. You know, he was kind of that first linebacker that, that kind of played under that. You know, he kind of – he was the Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley, if that makes sense. So, I'm actually going to flip this, and I'm going to say Zach Thomas. Okay. Zach Thomas, um, he did more in less games. He played like 70 less games than London Fletcher, and he had um, 1,100 tackles. Solo tackles, London Fletcher had right at 1,400. London Fletcher went over 100 solo tackles four times in his career, and he missed out on going over 100 in, like, in four other seasons when he had, like, 95, between 95 and 98. So he came close to going over 100 tackles in, like, nine seasons, which is ridiculous. He was a tackling machine. Yeah, ain't never got um, hurt too much. He had twice as many sacks as um, – Zach Thomas and interceptions. He had 23. Zach Thomas had 17. But um, I think they were both good. That's a tough one. So, all right. Um, Buck, defensive end, Simeon Rice or Jason Taylor? Jason Taylor. Okay. Hall of Famer, Jason Taylor. Uh, 139-and-a-half sacks. Simeon Rice ain't no joke, 122 sacks. M, uh, Ray, who you got, Simeon Rice or Jason Taylor? I believe Simeon Rice had more talent, but Jason Taylor had the better career. And Jason Taylor was uh, was solid, man. I mean, he got in on first ballot Hall of Fame. Simeon Rice is not in the Hall of Fame, so I'm going Jason Taylor. Eminem? Yeah, I, I got to go with the, the captain of the defense, man. Uh, I mean, that, that dude uh, was monumental during them struggling years down there in Miami, so I'm going with Taylor. <laughs> All right. Jason Taylor had one, two, 
three, four, five, six, six seasons where he had double-digit sacks, led the league in 2002. Simeon Rice had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years with double-digit sacks. Okay, Eminem, Hugh Douglas, or Julius Peppers? Oh, man. Oh, man. That's pretty tough. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Hugh Douglas, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And right, I mean, uh, Buck, what do you think? Peppers. Peppers' longevity and the way he, you know, the way he played. He went from Carolina to Green Bay back to Carolina. Um, he's still doing the big, in all, in all honesty, he could probably still play. I would even go as far as say Jason Taylor could still play if they wanted to play. Um, simply because they just put up numbers every year and they, they just don't seem like they ever can slow down. I got to go Julius Peppers because, I mean, he just really plays his ass off. All right, right. Well, um, Hugh Douglas had a heck of a career, but Julius Peppers, to me, was, was, I mean, it's decisively better. So I'm going with Julius Peppers. Yeah, I, I like Julius Peppers, too. I think he, he had twice as many sacks. He, he was that dude. All right, Ray, I'm going to stick with you. Okay. All right. Ray, defensive back, Dre Bly. Dre Bly yep. has made his money mostly with the Rams and the Lions against Aaron yep. Glenn, the Jets, Texans. Dre Bly, Aaron Glenn. I'm going to go with Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn was, was nice. I believe when he come out of Texas A&M, uh, I yep. believe he was. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was nice for a lot of, for a lot of years. He was a good corner. So I'm going with uh, Aaron Glenn. All right, Eminem, who you got, Aaron Glenn or Dre Bly? Oh, man, I I I love uh, Bly because he was good on special teams too when he got to play a little bit on it. But uh, but if we going by who's the better corner, I'm gonna have to say Aaron Glenn. But Aaron Glenn for me, man. He just he was just better overall than than Bly. Bly kind of fell off on the in the tail end of his career. So, I actually like Dre Bly to be honest with you, man. Dre Bly, um, especially when you look at the numbers, that dude he had 150 passes defense compared to 102 for Aaron Glenn. Which granted, they didn't keep up with that until 1999, but. Um, 41, they both, they're about even in interceptions, 41 to 43. But I thought, I thought Dre Bly was solid, though, man. I like Dre Bly. I would have gone, I would go with him, I think. So, all right, Buck, wide receiver. Wide receiver from the Giants, Amani Toomer or Pittsburgh's Classical Burris? Oh. Plexico wasn't good all the time. He he had some drop issues, even though he had he had the ability. I'm actually gonna go Monty Tumor because he had a better career, um, and I mean he was hella consistent. So I'm gonna go Monty Tumor. All right, Ray, who you got? 
I'm going to take classical verse, man. I mean, Martin Tumor, he had some good years, and he stood up for the Giants for a good while. But I think classical was when he was one of the top receivers in the league. And what he did in the Super Bowl, man, you just can't can't match that. Not that Martin Tumor can, so I'm going for uh, classical. Eminem? Yeah, I'm going to go with Plaxico, too. I just remember how um, the little short time he was really focused. Man, this dude looked like he was like a, a, a early version of some kind of uh, Metcalf, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, watered-down version, <laughs> you know. And, you know, then he lost focus and other stuff started happening. But um, when he was a monster, when he, when he was on, he was on. Like, nobody didn't want to defend him. And he was tall. And okay. athletic. And strong. All right. And he could take a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, that's All right. Oh, that's hilarious. So, all right. Eminem receivers. Joe Horn, Joe Horn, or Eric Mose? Oh boy, Eric Mose. He was very, very good. But man, Joe Horn was just pure clutch. He was clutch when it counted, man. I'm going to take Joe Horn. That's when he was with Kansas City, Joe Horn, and the Saints. So. Buck, who you got? Joe Horn or Eric Moles? Well, I got to go Joe Horn because, man, this boy not only – he had those combative catches um, back when, they, you know, when people really wasn't calling the combative catches. And, I mean, the man played with heart and go across the middle, get his ass tore out. I mean, I got to go Joe Horn. Right? Yeah, Joe Horn has had the, the, the better career. You know, he's more clutch. I mean, he had some legendary celebrations. And uh, Eric Moles was a good player, but he was, you know, he didn't fulfill his talent the way he should have. And, you know, of course, he had the legendary deal at the combine where he ordered a pizza. But um, that just goes to show how his career was going to go in pretty much. So I got to go with Joe Horn, hands down. Eagles had more career yardage. He was just five yards away from 10,000. But Joe Horn, he didn't really catch fire until he was 28 years old. He didn't have his first um, – he didn't actually start all 16 games until he was 28 years old with the Saints. And he had 1,000 yards in three straight seasons. So he was a late bloomer. But, uh, man, he, was, he, was, he had 8,700 yards, 58 touchdowns. So, all right, Ray, I'm sticking with you, man. Wide receivers. Uh, Avernius Coles or Santana Moss? Ooh, man. I believe these guys played on the Jets at the same time. Yep. Oh. They did. I'm going to have to take Santana Moss. Because Santana Moss, at one point, man, he was catching fire. He was, he was, he was, he was hot, man. I would say... Man, the time and Sean Taylor got killed, man. He was he was hot. So I'm gonna go with Santana Moss. 
right. Eminem, Santana Moss, or Lavernius Coles? Eminem? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I was on mute. My bad. I said I'm gonna take Santana Moss because, uh, but I do love the way uh, Coles used to catch them, them, them short, over the middle passes, man, and take them big hits. And he wasn't that big of a guy, but, uh, but I'm, but Moss was like, cause say he was super explosive. He was when Santana Moss was hot, man. I'm talking about this dude looked like a joystick or something. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, but. Got to go, Mouse. I mean, this he he definitely was hot, hot for for a minute there, and I mean he was on highlight reels every weekend on ESPN or any other sports show for that matter. So it, I'm definitely going with Mouse. All right, stick with you, Buck. Running back, Priest Tone or Clinton Portis? Wow, <laughs> I like both of these wow. dudes, yeah. but. I'm gonna have to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna pick Clinton Portis not because of his his ridiculous outfit, but the boy when he played on the football field. Yeah, that's probably where Pam Newton got that shit from. But anyway, um, at least he actually dressed like a man. But um, I, I got I, he was just he was just a he was one of them dudes that was just hard to stop, and they really can't you know he probably hurt him you know towards the latter part of his career because he just man he just just ran through people. And uh, so I'm definitely going to go Portis. All right. And, Ray, who you got? Clinton Portis or pre I like both of these guys. Clinton Portis is one of the best blocking running backs that ever come through the league. But Priest Holmes was just special, man. I, I think Priest Holmes would be in the Hall of Fame, although he don't have a lot of yards. His career was short. But I'm gonna have to go with Freeze Holmes because I'm two or three years Freeze Holmes was as hot as anybody. Eminem. Oh man, this this is this is a tough one. But um, man, when I think of running backs with pure style, strength, power, and explosiveness, and all that, both of these fit the bill. But I just remember uh, when uh, Portis was with Denver. He had a whole different style, was more slashing. But when he kind of bulked up a little bit in Washington, he got real strong. And I also remember Priest Holmes turned into a whole nother back when he left Baltimore and went to Kansas City. When Priest yeah. Holmes was in Kansas City, man, that was like some phenomenal shit. So I'm going, man, this is a tough one, but I'm going to have to edge it out to Priest Holmes. And Priest Holmes take had, a at the prime. had 48, touched, 48 rushing touchdowns in two seasons. 3,000 yards, 48 rushing touchdowns in two seasons, which is ridiculous. He was a three-time All-Pro. But Clinton Portis, in his first two years, he was Offensive Rookie of the Year. His first two years, he had 3,000 yards rushing and 29 touchdowns. Had Clinton Portis stayed in Denver, I wonder if oh, that yeah. dude could have pulled around and had 12, 13,000 yards the way Denver was oh, running that ball with, back With then. Denver's offensive line oh, yeah. at that time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no so, doubt. Even when he got to Washington, he did thirteen hundred and fifteen hundred in his first two years. So Clint Clint Porter's was was a bad yeah. boy. Yeah, and then yeah, matter of fact, he was, when he was in Washington, that's when they was starting to get into that real unstable trend or whatever. But man, shit, if he was stayed in Denver, man. 
Yeah. He would have. He may. Uh, he may have could have gotten that Russian title or got close to it anyway. Because he really didn't. All right. Um, all right. So Eminem. Running backs. Deuce McAllister or Travis Henry. Mm. Oh man. Um. Travis got him beat with the babies, but uh, I'm going to take Deuce. <laughs> he got everybody beat with the babies and jail sentences. Uh-huh. Yeah. Damn. Who you say, man? Yeah, damn. Oh, a Deuce? Give me Deuce. Okay. And Buck, who you got, Deuce McAllister or Travis Henry? Ooh, this is I think I might have to go with Deuce because he, I mean he kind of he came he kind of helped the Saints out at a time where they really really wasn't really getting on anything real you know they really didn't mean that yet. Um, but he kind of you know put them on the map coming from down coming down this way you know he's kind of got the Saints people started looking at the Saints a little bit differently then so I got to go with I got to go with Deuce McAllister. Ray Deuce McAllister Travis Henry. Uh, Travis Henry was was uh, a very good back, but um, then again, he came through during the time where Denver had everybody run the ball, you know, uh, all the running backs was doing anything. But um, Deuce McAllister, although he wasn't great, he was solid. So I think I'm going to have to take Deuce McAllister. Okay. Deuce had 6,096 rushing yards, 49 touchdowns. Travis Henry had 6,086 rushing yards, 38 touchdowns. And, all right, Ray. Running backs, Ray. I'm going to Fred Taylor or Jamal Lewis. I I, I knew Fred Taylor was going to come up somewhere. And I love him about times. Man, I love Fred Taylor. Fred yeah, Taylor's being the Hall of Fame too. He got, Hands I believe, eleven thousand something yards. And uh, Jamal Lewis has around the same thing. But Jamal Lewis was man. At one point, he was he was he was so explosive. I believe he had two hundred and something yards in one game. He did. Uh, yeah. But. Although Jamal Lewis was was a power runner and everything, I'm gonna have to take Fred Taylor. I, I like Fred Taylor, man. I think he was just awesome. He's just on the wrong team. All right. And Eminem, Fred Taylor, or Jamal Lewis? Oh man, I I I really like both of these guys, and uh, I remember Jamal Lewis the short time he was in Cleveland, he did all right, and then of course. He had like some of his most production in Baltimore, but Fred Taylor, man, is a specimen. And when he was on that team with uh, with his Mark Brunell at quarterback, and uh, I forgot, uh, uh, then boy Jimmy, yeah, then my yeah. boy Jimmy Smith, Jimmy uh, Smith. Um, but when I think of when I show kids, well, I got to get this clip to show kids players or whatever, but when I try to teach the running back position, he's one of the guys I want people to look at. He had a game, and I think it was against Kansas City, 
it was a uh, my friend it looked like it was a, a inside uh, run, a dive or something. Man, he just took the life out of uh, the defender, and he ran so tenacious, man. And he was strong. He just kept getting injured. If he didn't have a lot of injuries, well, I mean, you can say that about a lot of people, but he was one of the ones that you can clearly say. If he never got injured, a lot more people would probably know who he was. So I'm going to take Fred Taylor. All right. But Jamal or Fred Taylor? I absolutely hate Fred Taylor because this motherfucker always had 100, 100 yards rushing against Pittsburgh Steelers. Fred Taylor used to just wax, wax our ass all over the place. This joker is a monster. I mean, he. I, mean, I respect him as a player, but I hated to play against him because, man – he was he would just he would hurt people when he comes through the line, and if he got if he got into your if he got to your second level you can just forget it, um, man. Nothing against Ron Lewis, but Fred Taylor was just he was he was a thorn in my damn side for many years, especially when Jackson Hill was in our division. So I guess, yeah, Jamal I Jamal did work with y'all too, man. <laughs> yeah, but not like Fred Taylor. I hated to play the Jaguars when Fred Taylor was on the team because we knew. We could not stop him. I didn't care who we had. We couldn't stop this fool, man. I mean, he just – I think he had like five or 600-yard rushing games against us. I mean, he just – he was just one of those backs you just couldn't stop. So, um, I got to go Fred Taylor. I respect him, but I hated okay. his ass when he was a player. <laughs> All right. I mean, Jamal Lewis wasn't going to get you like five yards of carry, but you had four yards in the bank <laughs> with Jamal Lewis for sure. So, all right, Buck, quarterback. We got two more: Drew Bledsoe or Rich Gannon. Mm. I'm gonna go Rich Gannon. Um, nothing against Drew Bledsoe. I mean, he, he, um, but he kind of he, he went down. He went down hard, man. I mean, just I don't. He shouldn't have been replaced so soon. I think they didn't give him enough time. I mean, I guess he had enough time to kind of shine, but I'm going to have to go the other way. I, I can't go with that. I mean, Rich Gannon was a journeyman until he kind of pretty much got to, to Oakland. But, uh, Oakland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eminem, who do you think, Rich Gannon or Drew Bledsoe? Oh, man, this is a quick one for me. Shoot, Drew Bledsoe, man. Drew Bledsoe was, was that dude before, you know, the – all the other stuff started, you know, he he just kind of ran in the stream bad luck with health, and, and then, of course, it's the story of his own in uh, New England. So, yeah, Drew Bledsoe. Right? Yeah, I'm going to have to go Bledsoe, too. I mean, he had a $100 million contract way back in 2001. So, I mean, and he was the first pick in the draft. Had a good career. I believe he got just over 40,000 yards, so... I mean, Rich Gannon came along and he had good years in Oakland, but he's in Minnesota and stuff like that. You know, he's just kind of like a journeyman. So, Drew Bledsoe hands out. Last one. Ray, I'm going to start with you. These guys took over expansion franchises at the same time. Ray, quarterback, Kerry Collins or Mark Brunel? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with Mark Brunel because um, Kerry Collins had a good career. I believe he just hit the 40,000 mark. But 
Martin Nell, I think he had a, a better career and a more meaningful career. So I'm going to go with Mark Brunell. Mark Brunell or Kerry Collins? Another son of a bitch I hated, Mark Brunell. (laughs) 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 You know, it's funny you call these jokers out because I saw both these rascals in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. Mark Brunell and Ace a little bit, but uh, Fred Taylor looked like he could still get out there and run that ball. Um, So I did get to see both of those guys. But Mark Brunell, I mean, he – he really he for a left he was probably one of the best left hand if not the best left hand quarterback to ever play. Um man, that, nah, that that, happened he was young. Nah, the best of Steve Young, man. <laughs> uh, then after that, Brett <laughs> Farr. <laughs> Brett Farr wasn't left hand. He wasn't he threw left hand. Uh, I don't remember Brett Farr being left handed, was he? Yeah, he threw left hand. Right. Man, he he threw all hands. Left, <laughs> right. I don't know. I had to look that one up. On the hand too. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I, I, gotta, uh, I, I, I have to go with Mark Brunell on that one. That was easy for me. All right, and uh, Eminem? Oh, man, no no brainer, man. It's like Mark Brunell was, was the man for his team. And, uh, you know, Kerry had an okay career, but, man, Mark Brunell would pull that thing down and run and get them tough yards, take them hard hits. And uh, he just played football, man. He didn't play a certain way. Like, you know, all this clean pocket stuff and if y'all don't protect me, I'm cussing the whole team out. Nah, he just pulled that thing down and did what he had to do. So, yeah. What was his rush yards, Q, for his career? For who? Mark Brunel? Mark Brunel, Mark yeah. Brunel yeah. Uh, let me see. Mark Brunel rushing. Um, he had 2,400 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns. His best okay. season, he had – yeah, forty-eight, uh, four, four hundred eighty yards, four touchdowns. So, all right, I don't see Brett Favre showing as a left-handed quarter quarterback. But he, I'm saying he threw the ball left-handed. I mean, throw, I'm talking about throwing the ball. <laughs> I don't see. I'm looking at a bunch of left-handed quarterbacks. Ken Stabler. Jim Zorn, Boomer Sison, Steve Young, Scott Mitchell, Ty Marinovich, Mark Brunel, Doug Nussmeyer, K. McNeil, uh, Michael Sims, who? Brooks I think uh, I think but I think Victor left-handed. Sometimes he just throw that shit just to be throwing it, and yeah, it'd be, but he was a right-handed quarterback. Chris Sims, Matt Leonard, left-handed, Tim Tebow. To a Chicago below. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's all I got for you all this week. So we'll do it again next week. And uh, let me see. What does my schedule say next week? Next week, it's gonna have to be Tuesday because I got a live show on Wednesday. So, Tuesday of next week, probably about 8 o'clock, because I got an interview at 7. So, Well, excuse me, probably about uh, 9, o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern, because I got an interview at, uh, at 8 o'clock Eastern. So. But I'll let you all know the details. But um, that's going to do it for this week. Oh, we almost at two hours. That's going to do it for this week, fellas. I appreciate you all joining the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. Go, oh, don't forget Eminem's art show this weekend. 
And uh, Eminem, you want to plug that real quick? Eminem dropped out. Eminem. All right. Dang. New Renaissance has his art show this weekend at, uh, I don't remember the name of the place. Go to newrenaissance.com. N-U-Renaissance.com to get more information. Free art show. And uh, go to anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards to get more information and to follow the show. And, fellas, I'll holler at y'all next week. Y'all have a good one. All right. All right. Peace out.